and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to a yet another episode from The Sales Chat Show. Saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. And in the Sales Chat Show studio, as always, Mr. Anthony Steers, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. Now, closing the sale. The title of this episode is, Is the Concept of Closing the Sale past its sell-by date. Now, many of our listeners will have probably had some form of sales training over the years, and closing the sale will have been one of those topics. And, you know, if you can't close the sale, you can't sell, and all of that sort of good stuff. And maybe overly influenced by, I think it's Alec Baldwin's very famous motivational rant in the film Glen Gary Glen Ross when he talks about a b c always be closing <laughs> this has perhaps become a bit of an obsession with some people in the sales profession but i've been working with a client at the moment we've been running a sort of a, a sales training curriculum helping their people move through their sales process which is linked to their customers buying process and the last set of workshops was around that all important securing the result at the end and i that stimulated me to think you know what i'm going to introduce this question to my two esteemed sales chat show colleagues Gentlemen, should we still be attempting to close the sale or is it past its sell-by date? Anthony, if only we had someone who'd done some research into this. <laughs> oh, my goodness, we do. Mr. Jones, in your excellent book, Sales Genius, available from all good booksellers and lots of not very good booksellers <laughs> as well. <laughs> Mr. Jones, what what does your research or what did the research you included in your book, Sales Genius, have to say on this topic? Before I get on to that, it's worthwhile pointing out that your introduction to this uh, program um, pointed out the uh, always be closing uh, from a Hollywood movie. And I'd just like to remind our listeners that Hollywood movies are made up. It's fiction. Yes. It's not yes. the real world. Yeah? Please, yeah, uh, La La Land do, does not exist. You know, please um, do not follow any of the behaviours yeah. in Glen Gary Glen Ross if you hope to, <laughs> you know, stay out of prison. Probably, let's, yeah. be, let's, let's be absolutely honest. So if as a, if as a salesperson you are basing your um, activities <laughs> on the work of Hollywood, then I would suggest suggest strongly that you get a different career um, because it's not going to give you the strongest uh, base from which to work. Um, As uh, Simon pointed out, I prefer to start uh, from a base of research. 
is there evidence for any particular activity? Um, and, you know, what does the science say? So I'm a scientist at heart. Um, and so if there's no scientific evidence for a particular sales activity, then I don't support it. And there is no scientific evidence to support the notion of closing the sale. In fact, the scientific evidence we have says it's the worst thing you can possibly do. So not is it, it is not past its sell-by date. It should never have been sold in the first place to salespeople as a concept because there is no evidence to support that it works. So my simple advice is to, if anybody ever tells you that what you've got to do is make sure you close the sale, tell them to close their mouth firmly and stop talking <laughs> rubbish. I think I, th I can I can I can imagine the shockwaves reverberating through the sales community listening to this. Give us a little bit of background into that research, right? What what give us give us the the nuts and bolts of it. So um, the main research looks at dividing salespeople into particular kinds of categories. Uh, so one of the categories was closers, people who constantly focus on closing the sale, the always be closing category of people. And then there were people called experts who were the people who never, ever bothered to close the sale. Uh, but they were experts in the product or service that they were selling and were able to talk endlessly about it uh, and endlessly about how it would solve the problems that the customer had, but never bothered to close the sale. Uh, the always be closing group, the closers, were the worst performers in sales than the experts. So the experts were by far the best performers, uh, but there were more than twice as many closers as there were experts. Uh, so the uh, smaller number of experts sold even more individually, but sold more than the closers added together, even though there were fewer of them. So it's evidence, if you need it, <laughs> that closing the sale is the worst possible thing you can try to do. And is there any insight in the research into the behavior that the experts were were, were doing instead of? Yeah. Closing? So what the experts were doing was seeing everything from the perspective of the customer. And I'm, I, I've got a feeling, it's only a feeling, I could be wrong, yeah, but I've got a feeling because I've not got any evidence for this, yeah, so I'm going against my own kind of scientific <laughs> thinking, but I have a feeling that if our listeners were to go back through the 250 episodes of the sales chat show, they may find a theme that focusing on the customer is a good idea. I'm yeah, only guessing. Yeah. I think I, I, we might have covered it once or yeah. twice <laughs> a month. Uh. <laughs> so what the research shows was that those people, the experts, were literally just seeing everything from the perspective of the customer, whereas the closers were seeing everything from the perspective of the training courses they'd been on on, mm. on selling, and where which had given them lots of techniques. So what they were doing was thinking, I've got to do this technique, this technique, this technique, and one of them was uh, the closing technique. And so all those people who were focused on sales techniques were actually the worst at selling. I mean, I'm very um, uh, anti-technique, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they, they potentially they potentially have some place, I guess. But I mean, really, if if it is closing, 
it is sometimes responding to the signs that the customer's ready to move things forwards and just say, okay, shall we get stuff started? Shall we get yeah. this done? Shall we yeah. just a nice, gentle, nice, gentle. Anthony, what's your what's your perspective on this, sir? You're working with loads um, of salespeople. I think, I think there's probably just some clouded understanding of remembering to ask for the business. Yep. Confusing that with always be closing. Yeah. Um, because... I've I've listened in on account managers meetings before where they got to the end and they've done a fantastic job and they just didn't ask the client if they were if they were in a position where they wanted to move forwards. It wasn't a trying to back them into a corner to convince yeah. them to buy. Um yeah. so I think that sometimes it's just a bit like you say, so some more aggressive salespeople seem to be more thinking about the tactics than the strategy. And I think yeah. that the strategy is to help your customers mm-hmm. to buy. And I've been saying this for years. I know you guys too. Um, it, it is less about selling these days because we've got a much more informed clientele. They they've <clears> done their research. Most they, I think, Graham, correct me if I'm wrong here, but people have done was it eighty odd percent of their buying decisions before they've even reached out to you. Yeah. So they you you used to hold, hold back information and drip feed it through to the buyer, mm. um, whereas now it's filling in the gaps. And one of the things I, I've I was in an interview the other day and they were talking about this concept of being a trusted advisor, um, which many of us have heard before. And we all try and position ourselves as this trusted advisor. Um, and then I was asked, well, how do you do this? And I, I think I ended up saying something along the lines of, well, you answer the, the first two questions that most people want to know, which is how much is it and how quickly can I have it? Because time and money are the things that they value most. Mm-hmm. Then it's all about telling them the other questions that are important that they should be asking. And as you start to inform them about the right questions they should be asking, whether they buy it from you or somebody else, one, it demonstrates you're not scared of your competitor, but it shows you're far more experienced at buying this product than they are, which I think is what that expert mentality was, is they helped their, they helped their customers to buy rather than the closers who were yeah. trying to sell to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that <clears throat> distinction is 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 subtle but obvious <laughs> yeah i mean i'm 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 quite a big fan over the years of uh, of a concept um the the analogy i use is like getting in a bath right you fill it full of hot water and you don't jump straight in right you you dip you you dip your hand in and kind of feel the temperature of the water and that feels okay you put your foot in yeah you ease yourself into it right and it's kind of like just keep on checking in with the customer as you're working with them talking to them you know that way what i sometimes call testing closing questions if indeed that's the right terminology but you know is that how do you feel about that does this like look like we're going in the right direction would that be something that's important to you so it's almost like min mini check-ins or mini closes for want of a better word to just yeah. check you're on the right track like a little sat sat nav or gps that's just yeah. guiding you and then when the customer starts you know responding in in a way that used to be called in all old school selling buying signals they're showing you they're ready to go often they close themselves by the way yeah. so that if you do a really good job yeah there is you know there's there is no closing from the salesperson because yeah. the buyer goes okay that sounds really good but like you say then Anthony, that's the point then i think to just make sure you move through to the execution of that with a with a customer yeah well like you say i think that that sort of sense checking temperature checking is is sort of vital and i think why a lot of people don't make buying decisions is because they're overwhelmed with information or decisions and because they've usually done their research we're now giving them even more information 
part of what you need to do is help them navigate the overwhelm of all this information, decide what's useful and relevant to them so that they can then make their decision. Um, And I think that's where the sense checking comes in, where you you are providing information and options for people, but you need to know what they're thinking because you Mm. can't read their mind, despite how many salespeople think they can. Um, You can't read people's minds and, and, things change in the background how many times have you had you, you've had that initial conversation and there's a desired deadline and time frame to it and two months later that's changed right it, it wasn't just because they decided they wanted to be a diva and change their time frames it's because something else happened mm-hmm. other priorities came up or or disasters happened that needed to be sorted prioritized and yeah you you've got to you've got to be there to hold their hand i think through their buying yeah. experience yeah. Yeah rather than trying to sheepdog them or guide them somewhere where you don't know if they definitely want to go yet. Help yeah. them find their destination rather than telling them where to go. Helping's yeah. a key a key point. I think actually by the way your 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 commentary around um uh, helping them to to think it through and and ask the right questions is uh, the Gartner research um that I looked at described that as guiding behavior. You're guiding them through yeah. to help it. I mean I'm <clears throat> on um on... I like to think of it as steering them, but I, I will settle with guiding. Yeah, yeah, ste- steers. Why do you steering, think of it as steering? steering I've no steering idea. From, Ant- from Anthony <laughs> says, uh, on, on Saturday, Anthony and I are at the Professional Speaking Association <laughs> Speaking Business Summit in Birmingham here in the UK, and I'm helping my fellow speakers to sell more successfully. And one of the things I'm going to say to them is stop selling and start helping. Is, is, is the thing, right? That let's just Let's just help the customer to make a buying decision decision and if you do a good job they close themselves right but but also as well come on back in the day closing one decision maker right maybe that had some validity by then but now b2b six seven eight nine ten what do you do do the half nelson close or the abraham lincoln close or whatever reverse on like a room full of i can't even remember the names of those (laughs) ridiculous techniques right 12 12 people right it's just it's just not it's non it's absolutely might it might have some validity in a one-to-one transactional situation maybe but like modern b2b sales i just i'm I'm trying to be very kind i think if you look at Look oh, at the history of companies who have survived, you know, over a hundred years. Yeah, look at people like, you know, John Deere Tractors is a very good example who, you know, a hundred years ago were producing a magazine for farmers. And it was all about advice, guidance, steering, you know, not just steering tractors, but, you know, <laughs> Anthony's steering. It wasn't closing the sale. It was, you know, and here they are over a hundred years old, still, you know, the world's one of the world's biggest manufacturers of tractors because they haven't focused as much um, on these old fashioned techniques. But I want to come back to a point you made, Simon, about putting your hand in the water to test the temperature uh, of what's going on. I thought you were married to a nurse who will have told you (laughs) never put your hand in the water. It's your elbow. Elbow, Elbow. yeah. Sorry, Um, sorry. Yeah. And the reason for that, of course, is that your hands are much used to you know greater temperature variation and therefore you can't detect whether the water is too hot whereas your elbow can detect whether it's too hot and it's the same in selling yeah that if you go for a technique like you know i've got to 
so one of the things you'll learn on a training course is you know look for their body language and all of this and you know mm -hmm. if they've folded their arms they're obviously presenting a barrier to you no the number one reason people fold their arms is because they're cold, cold. Um, and they're protecting <laughs> their body temperature so what happens then is we start misreading the temperature um, and so what we need to do is, you know, metaphorically use our elbows and not our hands. And that is using, you know, lots of different things that you might not expect to use. So intuition, all of those kind of things that are really important to us and just understanding and the most important skill of any salesperson, listening. Um, <laughs> because if you don't listen to actually what the customer is saying, because you are so focused on closing the sale you're not hearing what they're saying because you're too focused on one of these you know hand-based temperature techniques of you know checklist yeah. i've done i've done this i mean so, I, I i it's so funny i remember uh graham to your point as a sales manager out with a, a very new rookie sales guy who was straight out of his sort of like uh, basic sales training and we were selling to selling to a retail customer, and he was doing a great job of going through his presentation, and he's he very structured features and benefits, and he was you know he's doing a, and the customers going that sounds wonderful, wow, brilliant, yeah, how much margin do I get? Oh, that sounds superb, right? And he's like almost all these signals firing past him, and he goes. And another feature and benefit of the product, and he, you know, sort of carry. So very very gently, I just sort of went. Um, so would you like to try that? And she looked at me and she went, oh, yes, please. And I handed <laughs> back a dummy over to you. And then afterwards, in the you know, in the car, we were doing a bit of coaching. And I went, you notice what I did? What did I do? And he said, you asked this. I said, and, and what was happening? What was the customer doing? And he went, I don't know. He said, I was so focused on making my present. And I said, that's fine, right? He's in his first couple of weeks, right? He's He's got mm. so much to learn. It, but, but I just, it was beautiful to see the customer literally was going, I am ready to go. I, I <laughs> want to spend my money with you. And, and, and so, it, obviously it's normally a bit more subtle than that, right? Yeah. But, I was going to say, it's kind of interesting though, that it can happen at, at both ends of that with the listening, because I think the, the aggressive hunter's, the one, the ones that are trying to close are so busy trying to remember these clever techniques yeah. and tactics and closing things that they're not listening. And then you get some experts that are so busy trying to please and answer the question that they then forget to ask for the business at yeah. the end of it. And I think it's kind of getting that sort of balance. Um, but going back to your um, uh, reference of, of the John Deere magazine that they brought out, I think that the content of those magazines probably represent the balance of that sales and information thing because when you read those magazines they're not filled with adverts because they're boring nobody wants to read adverts yeah. they're just in the back page or two actually it's interesting content that informs and shapes opinions yeah. that actually are what people get into and in the content so i think that it's that balance of being an expert for 90 percent of it but yeah. remember that your job is to help them to buy so at least ask for the business or find out what else you could do for them to help them make their decision at the end of that, rather than either just concentrating on closing or just concentrating on informing. So I think that there's that that balance of that magazine, I think, is a great almost yeah, representation. That's a, a good, of... good example of that. Yeah. But yeah, don't be frightened to ask for the business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, a lot of those experts probably don't get as much business because they've got everybody into that buying position, but they don't actually get them to sign the contract, as it were. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like gentle, the gentle art of asking 
for the business, which which sounds like closing, but I think is is different in its application, isn't it? From maybe that that old school kind of kind of uh, kind of approach, you know, and all the machismo that's kind of uh, you know for the clothes and all of that sort of stuff. That's just and it's fascinating. There's there's the research that says excellent way to not get the sale right that's from from uh, so sales genius ladies and gentlemen get it from amazon and all good uh, all good booksellers and mr jones can cut anthony in and i on on his book royalties so my goodness he's written so many it must be like a veritable tsunami of royalty checks coming coming your way every as every author yeah. knows unless you're jk rowling it's, <laughs> much of a tsunami jk rowling's royalties are uh well her library royalties are limited yeah so <laughs> yes. when you're that famous you only get six thousand pounds a year yeah, oh, oh, poor old jk rowling i bet she's oh, really yeah. i bet that's really hitting yeah. hitting hitting the bank account yeah. anyway from the uh from the bitter and twisted authors that make up the sales chat show <laughs> about our poor about our poor sales revenue uh some great thoughts hopefully there folks on on that uh outdated concept i think is what we're saying guys of closing the sale so but let's help the customer to make the buying decision and then help them to help them to go ahead so fantastic thank you for listening to this episode as graham mentioned there are over 250 episodes in our back catalog available from wherever you prefer to get your podcast if you could please subscribe to the sales chat show you'll be notified of episodes which come out on a regular and ongoing basis Basis. And if you'd like to give us a review on uh, any of those podcast platforms, we would really appreciate it so we can spread the word about the sales chat show uh, wider in the sales community. So in the meantime, folks, good luck and good selling. You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 